Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. Willard and Dibs continues here on 95.7 The Game, but it's Mark Randy and Larry Kruger in for Willard and Dibs today. We're presented by Fremont Bank Full Service Banking. No compromises. Willard and Dibs will be back with you tomorrow from 2 to 6 here on 95.7 The Game, but it's Larry and I holding it down today on this President's Day, talking a lot about uh, the Warriors and Clay Thompson and his uh, change to a bench role and the Warriors' uh, plans for the rest of this season and the offseason as well. Larry, you and I were talking during the break about the contracts, and we're going to get to the calls here in just a second, 888-957-9570. It seems like Joe Lakip is either flat out lying to us, Larry, or he's not telling the full truth, because I don't know how the Warriors can bring this team back and be under the salary cap. That would mean um, saying goodbye to Kevon Looney, certainly saying goodbye to Chris Paul, probably moving on from Andrew Wiggins, finding a trade for him just to bring Clay Thompson back. There's there's few other ways that it's possible to get under the salary cap and have Clay Thompson back on this team next year. You might be able to get under the cap, but you're not going to be able to get under the cap and be good. That that's that's the question. I mean, Thompson makes forty three, Paul makes thirty point eight, Wiggins makes twenty four point three. There are avenues that can get you under the cap, but you're getting rid of of rotation players, and you're you don't have a first round pick. You have a second round. pick. Where are you going to get cheap talent from? Yeah, just I mean, to fill the roster. I mean, you better you better hope that uh, you hit right in the second round again because you're going to need those guys to be rotation players. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work out. This offseason is going to be really interesting. The other thing Joe Lacob said, if you missed it from the TK show, first of all, you can find it on the 95.7 The Game YouTube channel, a really interesting conversation. I suggest checking it out if you're a Warrior fan and haven't uh, heard it, listened to it yet. He said, well, it also kind of depends. We could have a different plan if the bottom kind of falls out the rest of this season. Uh, And if getting under the tax isn't... 
bad enough, it seems like if the team really struggles, it could be getting even worse, and and maybe he would want to change things up even more, uh, Joe Lacob would. So I don't know. A lot of it is going to hinge uh, on on what's up for the Warriors uh, during the rest of this regular season, and if they make some moves uh, or they they play into the postseason, maybe they win a series, uh, that might impact Joe Lacob's decision uh, this offseason. All right, out to the phone lines we go. It's Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game, Grandy and and Larry with you. Up next is Daryl in Susun City. Daryl, what's up? You're on Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's raining buckets out here in Susun City, which reminds me of back in the old days, as I'm dating myself, my mid-20s, the bad boys, Benny, the microwave Johnson, interjecting games with his raw infusion of energy, just destroying teams' defenses, and, of course, the bad boys, not my favorite team, would shut down with their defense the rest of the existence of the game that Vinny put out of reach, right put in by one of the greatest coaches, Chuck Daly, the game scene, you know, destroying teams and setting their defense apart and scrambling them. That was about the end of Vinny Johnson's job, and he did it well. And then I'm about out of gas there. Sorry, but that's that's really all I had to say. Go play. Play's my favorite. I love Clay. Yeah, thanks, Daryl. Good call. Uh, Vinny, the microwave Johnson, a little before my time, Larry. But what? He was the sixth man on those NBA champion teams. Yeah, right? he was like a six-four guy who was an outside shot, and they called him the microwave. When and he got, got a nickname like the microwave, yeah, you know when, you could score. When uh, he got heated up, I mean, he would knock down big shot after big shot after big shot. I mean, Clay would be a great. Um, if they could make the money work and figure out uh, the right amount to pay him, he would be a great off-the-bench scorer, um, not just for Golden State, for any team that wants to contend. Really, I mean, he, he I, I can see his role, um, just a matter of, can they afford it? You know, and can he, is he willing to take less to, to man that role? Um, he's, he's, he's in an area, he's in a neighborhood right now where, you know, I think he probably thinks, "Hey, I'll take a haircut. I'll take thirty-five. That's <laughs> not enough. It's not a, you know. You're gonna need you to shave more. it off, Clay. Come yeah, on. it's you know, it's a military now. You need, <laughs> you need a military buzz cut. Yeah, you know, it, it, I would say to make it right for the team, he's gonna have to take like two years at thirty million. I mean, that's where my mind first went to. Yeah, I, I think mean, the Warriors would jump at the opportunity to do that. Yeah, but I mean, since he thought forty. Eight was a bad deal. Something tells me 30 is going to be worse. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe when he finally gets pressed with the decision of either taking that or signing elsewhere, maybe that's enough. Because, I mean, he wasn't forced into that decision uh, last offseason. He was just betting on himself. He bets that he has a good season uh, and he makes himself look smart, but this season has has been bumpy uh, at best. And it's it's not making that decision by Clay Thompson look the best at the moment. All wow. right. Back out to the phones we go. It's uh, Grandy and Larry in for Willard and Nibs today on 95.7 The Game. 888 up next is Ro in Oakland. Ro, what's up? You're on 95.7 The Game. How you doing, Ro? Good. Yourself? I can't complain, Ro. Happy President's Day. What's on your mind? Likewise. So I know the obvious uh, comparison for Clay as uh, an aging career is going to be like Ray Allen or Reggie Miller. But kind of looking at some uh, older stats, I kind of found uh, Jason Kidd and Kevin Garnett, both kind of 
although they continued starting to the end of their careers, they had a diminished role, less minutes, but still were able to come up big in some uh, later games. Made an all-star team, Garnett, his last season with Boston, kid with the Mavericks. Uh, I think if Clay can kind of show out maybe once a week or something like that, that would be the ideal role if they get the discounted contract. Yeah. Ro, I mean, I think you look at those kind of guys. You mentioned Garnett, and I know Jason Kidd. Like, anytime you have a Hall of Fame talent, uh, they get to a certain point in their career where if they want to hang around and keep playing, they're going to have to evolve and adjust. Like, it happens for all of those guys. Maybe some guys refuse to do it. Like, uh, a name that popped up when I was talking before the show with, with Lucas, our producer across the glass, Carmelo Anthony. Maybe that's like a cautionary tale for Clay. Like, Carmelo refused to kind of change his style. Maybe until the very end, he had some sol- a solid year with Portland. Um, but when he was when uh, he was in Oklahoma City, it was rough. Uh, the Lakers a little bit kind of rough. Um, you look at those greats. Some accepted changes, and they were valuable pieces on championship winning teams. Think Ray Allen with the Miami Heat. Um, Carmelo Anthony never won anything, and maybe he could have been a quality piece on a championship team towards the end of his career, um, but maybe Clay can look to, as our caller mentioned, a couple of those guys, Garnett, Kidd, there's, there's a number of examples you could look at as guys that once they reached a certain point in their careers, they said, you know what, I gotta adapt or or die, for, for lack of a better word, and maybe that message is finally hitting home for Clay. What do you think Clay's bigger challenge is? Do you think it's accepting a diminished game or diminished role within their game, or is it that kind of financial haircut where everybody in the room knows he ain't making hmm. what he he ain't making half of what he used to make? I think Clay is such just a basketball junkie that it's more about his ability. And his impact and the on money. the team. I honestly, I, I do feel that way. Well, then maybe maybe there's something to be said. If he can handle the reduced money and still have a big role on the second unit, maybe that's enough for him. But, it, you know, they always say, and I've heard people say this before, not just in the NBA, about NBA players, but about any, any group, that it's easier to accept a lesser role in a new room where you don't have the guys who used to think of you as he's carrying us now. You don't have the emotional baggage. With yeah, you it's anymore. like it's like you know what? It's a new room. It's a new team. It's a new city. It's a new fan base. All new rules. And it's like sometimes it's easier to accept a diminished role in the twilight of your career in a different room where you weren't necessarily the leader beforehand. I don't know, but I I don't know if he wants to turn down the. The ability to say I was a lifetime Golden State Warrior. Well, you know, then then you're gonna he's gonna have to get flexible, right? He's gonna have to get flexible because yeah. it sounds like Joe's in a mindset to trim him to 15 mil, and he doesn't seem like he's in a mindset that's going to be happy with being trimmed to 15 mil. So how does that work? You know, is there or does it? Does he just need to move on? I mean, is it just as simple as that where Warriors just have to say, hey, look, we know you're worth X, but we can't do it. So good luck to you. Do you think that day Do you think that day is coming? Because that would be a sad day. That really would be. I, I think that conversation is happening this offseason between Clay and the Warriors, yeah. Mm. Who knows exactly what the money number is, what the figure is going to be, but Clay's going to have to decide what's more important to him. As, as you just asked me, is it the money? 
I'm sure some some team out there will offer him more money than the Warriors are willing to or able to, whatever the reason is. Sure. Or is it more valuable to him to stay on this team, stay alongside Steph and Draymond, although maybe you don't win again, maybe you don't get close to winning again. Is just winning a championship most valuable to him? Because that might not be um, easiest accomplished here. Maybe you do that elsewhere. Like There's so many things to consider, but I think the Warriors have to have that conversation with him this offseason. There's there's no other way about it, because you're not paying him $30 million a year anymore. Well, it, It's really about how does Clay Thompson view respect? What's respect? Is respect giving him all the shots on the second unit? And hey, man, you're gonna be you're gonna be the leader of that unit, or is respect tied to dollar signs? Yeah, I don't know. All right, we gotta hit a quick break here on Willard and Dibs. It's Grandy and Larry with you, David and Jonathan. I see you. We're coming to you on the other side of this quick break. We gotta talk a little bit more specifically about the Warriors uh, and the final 29 games of the regular season. That's coming up on the other side as Willard and Dibs continues right here on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado? For- for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. It's Grandy and Larry in for Willard and Dibs today here on 95.7 The Game. We're with you until 6, as always, on Willard and Dibs. The guys will be back tomorrow, and they'll get you through the rest of the week here on 95.7 The Game. As we come out of the NBA All-Star Weekend, Warriors are off until Thursday. Obviously, this was the first weekend without uh, NFL football for quite a long time as well. Uh, we got some uh, Niners off-season conversation to get into before uh, the day is up here on 95.7 
95-7 the game. So that's coming up in a little bit. Uh, we got to wrap up some of our, our Warriors conversation. we got a couple of calls that we want to get to. Uh, probably going to be an offseason full of uh, moves for the Warriors, creative moves. Honestly, we could probably say the same thing for the 49ers, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. But uh, before we do transition, Larry, let's take a couple of calls uh, on this Warrior team. We've been talking a lot about Clay Thompson, his career path, uh, what the future holds for him. Really, the ball is in his court at this stage of his career. What does he want moving forward? What kind of player does he want to be? What kind of player can he be? Uh, it's all up to Clay Thompson. Uh, let's go out to David in San Francisco. He's up next. David, what's up? You're on Willard and Dibs. It's Grandy and Larry in. David, how you doing? Not bad. How are you fellas doing tonight? Hey, we're doing all right. What's on your mind? Weather is crazy. Um, yeah, so I have a two-part question. So, you know, recently, um, well, recently Steph Curry uh, made a statement that says he wants to keep the core together and do it the right way, right? But I don't know if he understands that that right way the Spurs did it, quote-unquote, uh, required Tim Duncan really having to adjust his salary. Um, many times he he and Popovich went back and adjusted the salary to keep a lot of the core guys that were there, as you mentioned. That's the first part. The second part is, I don't know if maybe Clay is looking at his his extension the way he should be looking at it. Remember, he was out for two years, and the extension that they gave him was for two years. And from Clay, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, they gave me a discount by letting me, while I was hurt, now let me get some get back some money for two years and then at least show them by doing what I did recently that I'm, I'm worth more than two years. So you make 15, you make 24 first two years and you can jump back up to 32, 34 in the next two years. I'd like to hear your thoughts about this. I'll run. Yeah. Thanks for the call, David. Um, I think I'm not sure. I think the Warriors are going to be paying him $30 million and it'll, it'll jump up later. I don't think that's what's going to happen, but I think you bring up a good point when you talk about uh, the injury years where Clay was paid max contract handsomely through no fault of his own uh, to rehab, and the Warriors were paying him a ton of money during those years, and he was not helping them and on the court have, at all. And they didn't have to. Yeah, they didn't have to, but they did. It wasn't like they signed they signed it after they knew he was hurt. After the first injury. Right. Not, not, not after the second one, but right. after the first after one. The Achilles. After the finals, yeah. The 2019 finals against the Raptors. Or was it after the ACL? Before the Achilles. You're right. ACL was the first injury. Achilles yeah. was the second. Yeah, you're right. So it was after the ACL injury in the finals against the Raptors. They signed him to the extension, thinking, okay, we're going to have to pay him for one year of nothing. Ultimately, it turned into two years of nothing. I think that's in Clay's mind. If you're you're th- if you're if th- thinking about, if you're Clay, thinking about what's fair to me, um, what's fair to the team? I think that is a consideration of his, and it's why when you asked me last segment, what matters more to Clay, or what is harder for him to accept, uh, his on-court ability or role, or maybe taking a discount? For me, I think it is more difficult for him to accept the basketball player that he is now, um, because he's so proud of what he's accomplished, and he wants desperately more than anything else to get that level of play back, and he understands the financial investment that this team uh, has made in him over the years. Um, so I think 
that our caller brings up a good point. That is something that he might be considering, and maybe it's a reason why he would be open to taking a little bit less to make sure that he can stay with this franchise, the only team he's ever known. It sounds like if Joe's going to get what Joe wants, that a little bit less probably isn't going to do it. Seems right? like it has to be a lot of it less. Yeah, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, wouldn't you say? I mean, yeah. I would say it's... We're looking at the numbers. Yeah, the, there's no... Unless you're gutting the entire team other than Steph, Clay, and Dre, it seems very, very unlikely. that he. It se- well, which is... I would imagine that if I'm Clay Thompson, the guy on this team that I would compare myself to would be Draymond Green, right? Because they're both older players. Draymond got an extension for 2024-2025 at $24 million, That goes to 25.8. That goes to 27.6. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I think he would like to be in that neighborhood. And I don't think that's the neighborhood that the Warriors can afford to have him in if they're truly going to get underneath the tax and stop the repeater and have it reset. They're going to need Dr- they're going to need Clay to take a, a whole lot less than that. Like maybe 10 to 12 million dollars a year less, which I I have a hard time picturing yeah. him um doing that. I hope he does, but I have a hard time envisioning that. Yeah. Maybe if the Draymond extension was a couple of years ago as opposed to just last offseason, it would be easier. But that was a decision the Warriors made less than a year ago. Right. Like, what, nine months ago, eight months ago. Like, Clay's, so, looking, Clay's looking at that and saying, you, ju- you just made that decision with him. You knew that the decision about me was coming up right after that, and you gave him that, and now you're only offering me... 15 a year? Like, yeah, I'll, well, hey, I'll take what Draymond got. I'll take the 25. I'll take the three years, 25, 75 mil. Just match me up. Same term. Just give yeah. me three. You gave him four. Give me three. We'll end at the same time. Yeah, but I don't think that, that offer is going to be there for him. I don't think so. And that could be really hard to cope with. Especially if he's measuring everything and worried about disrespect, um, so maybe maybe something good, maybe something incredibly good can happen in his bench role that will change his mindset. Um, and maybe the Warriors can pull an upset this year in the playoffs. Maybe they can get in, and with him coming off the bench, they have a nice little run, um, and maybe that changes his whole viewpoint on his career and the money he made and what he's seeking. Yeah, maybe he does. Uh, and he had a bad postseason last year. Uh, maybe he has a good postseason run, and that changes the Warriors' minds about something. Maybe Lakeup says, all right, you know what? We're not going to get into the tax and we'll give you a little bit more. Because the Warriors, they have his bird rights. They they can offer him a ton of money. They don't have to worry about being over the cap. They can go over the cap with Clay because they have his bird rights. It's just, Lakeup says they don't want to be over the luxury tax because they don't want to be paying uh, all these fines, essentially, year after year after year uh, in luxury tax penalties. So something's got to give, whether it's Clay or it's the Warriors, something has to give. And we're going to find out uh, this offseason. All right, let's go back to the phone lines before we transition and get some Niners talk in. It's uh, Larry and Grandy with you on Willard and Dibs filling in for the guys. They'll be back tomorrow. 888-957-9570 is the number to call. Up next is Jonathan in San Francisco. What's up, Jonathan? You're with Grandy and Larry on Willard and Dibs. How you doing? Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, I just want to say, man, love what I'm seeing with Pajemski. It's a hustler. He's trappy. He, he has a nose uh, for the ball. He's all, he rebounds, and, and, and the most, and this is what I love about him the most is, you know, 
he's beginning to build that reputation as a, a charge taker in the league, you know, and that's going to be big time down the line, plays defense. So that guy needs to play more than play. Number two, Ebo needs to go, man. I think that experiment has run its course. We need to find a way to keep Ayuk because he's, he's the only 49er receiver who's also a good route runner. And before I go, Larry, I got a question for you, man. Yep. Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl first? Uh, tougher than a $5 steak or Ama and stuff? <laughs> Shanahan or, or Harbaugh? Yep. I'll go with Shanahan. Uh, you know, the one thing about the, the Chargers, Chargers are like hugely over the cap. So I think they'll be tearing things down there before they build it back up. Like, I expect them to cut Joey Bosa. There was a talk about that today. Um, they're going to have to tear that thing down and build it back up. So they got a brand-new GM. they got a brand-new head coach. They do have the quarterback in place. But I think the Niners are, are, are closer to competing. Um, of course, this is going to be a monumental offseason for them. So I'll, I'll say Shanahan, but I don't feel confident about it. Shanahan over Harbaugh. For, I mean, that... That's I mean, you know, Harbaugh. I mean, Harbaugh is going to turn things around quick there. But if, the, but when you look at their cap situation, there, there's going to be a bloodletting in L.A. with the Chargers before they build. it. And up. you consider how difficult the AFC is right now, like, right? I mean, Har- Herbert might never ever get to a Super Bowl. Like that's realistic considering the quarterbacks that are on that side of the of the league. Right. And and um it's, you know, it's it, it, we'll see if Harbaugh can build this thing back up. I mean, it's, you know, they will have to tear some of it down. And then how how well can they draft? I don't know that much about Joe Hortiz, who's his hand-picked general manager, uh, but hopefully for him he, he does a good job because they're going to need it. They're going to cut up they're going to cut I would say four or five big name guys. Well, our caller Jonathan mentioned that uh, he thinks Debo should be traded this offseason. I know you, uh, a couple of hours ago on the crossover, for those of you just tuning in, by the way, it's Grandy and Larry, Mark Grandy and Larry Kruger, in for Willard and Dibs today. The guys will be back tomorrow here on 95.7 The Game. On the crossover, along with Steining and Evan, uh, you said that you felt like the Niners are at least going to seriously consider trading Brandon Ayuk this offseason because of the cap situation, because of Ayuk uh, reportedly being frustrated Frustrated uh, with the 49ers because of uh, the other holes on the roster. The Warriors can get a um, high, high draft pick back, most likely, in return the Niners, for Brandon. Yep. Oh, yeah. What did I say? You said Warriors. Oh, the Warriors. I've been on the Warriors. We've, we've had the Warriors on the brain. Uh, the 49ers can get a, a big first-round pick back in return for him. Uh, you actually think that's a, a realistic possibility this offseason. The Niners moving off of an all-pro wide receiver. A young one at that. I know. Well, the Niners' situation's interesting, too, because they have their own cap. You know, we're talking about the Warriors and, and their cap situation. Oh, they're in cap hell, too, aren't they? The, the Niners head into this offseason. They're about $7.5 over the projected cap, um, partly due to $5.5 of leftover Trey Lance dead money that they can't do anything about. So... 
you know, they and if they did an extension for Ayuk right now, that would help their cap situation. It would spread out his money. He's due to make fourteen million, fourteen point one in his fifth year option, uh, which would also be his cap number for this year. So, if they can extend him, that would drop his twenty twenty four cap number maybe from fourteen million to like four million. I mean, they they could drop it by that much. The problem is, is that you look around the league, and it's been really tough for teams to find common ground with their star wide receivers um, you know, and and Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Pittman Jr., T. Higgins, none of these guys have really signed big money long term deals yet and we've, you know, the Niners I think they have options. They can restructure Trent Williams. He makes 31.5. They can reduce him, they say, by as much as 17 and rework that. Debo has got a cap number of 28.6. They could reduce that as much by as much as 15 million. But then you're extending, you know, when, when you reduce a guy's cap figure, you're guaranteeing him money into the future, usually extending his deal. And I don't know that they want to do that with Debo. So. You know, this is going to be a very difficult uh, situation for the 49ers. I think they're going to probably wind up cutting Kyle Huszczyk. I think that's probably very, very likely. There's a chance they're going to wind up cutting Dre Greenlaw, uh, which is not what I want to see, but that that potentially could happen. Yeah. And if they can't reach an agreement... Cutting Dre Greenlaw. Cutting Dre Greenlaw. I hate to say it, but it could happen. Um, And if the 49ers can't reach an agreement with Brandon on an extension, they are going to wind up having to trade him. And they would save the the full 14.1 on his 2024 salary. Um, And we've seen this move before. A.J. Brown and other receivers have found their way into the trade market. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. There's a great... um, article out today on ESPN Grandy by uh, Dan Graziano and Graziano says the most likely outcome is uh, he says the most likely way this shakes out is Ayuk ends up getting traded to a team where he's the clear number one wideout where he can get the extension he wants and that would leave the Niners to draft his replacement in the first round this year so if the if the Niners trade Ayuk do you I feel like they shouldn't be drafted. I mean, I guess they could draft a wide receiver in the first round, but I mean, they've got holes that they would need to fill elsewhere as well. And I feel like you could use uh, what you get for Ayuk to maybe pick a right tackle or or defensive lineman or another corner or I don't know. But um, it's hard to imagine them, um, you know, replacing him in the draft in the first round. I agree with you because of what you just said. All those needs. It's also really hard to envision them paying. You know, fifty million dollars to Debo and Ayuk when they're thirty-second in the league in in pass attempts. Yeah. I mean, nobody passes less than the Niners. So you're gonna you're gonna commit that much to your receivers? I don't know. I I, I, I would you know I love Ayuk. I'd rather move move off of Debo than Ayuk, but. Um, Ayuk's clearly going to fetch more. So, you know, maybe the New York Giants are going to have some interest. They have the sixth pick in the draft. Uh, Terry, um, uh, the Raiders have the 13th pick in the draft. They're probably likely very interested. Uh, You know Kansas City is looking for a veteran wide receiver. There's probably a couple other teams, Buffalo, a couple teams that will be looking for, for wide receivers. So it's just a matter of, you know, can they... It's kind of like the Greenlaw, the or the uh, 
Buckner Kinlaw deal mm-hmm. where they had to kind of decide between Buckner and Armstead and they chose Armstead and moved Buckner for Kinlaw. I think in this situation, since they've already they have Juwan, he's restricted. Uh, they just signed Debo to an extension. I, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to keep Ayuk. I really do. So, and I think what you brought up four years ago was the decision to trade Armstead or, or to trade. trade Buckner, re-sign Armstead because right. Armstead was going to he, he made less. You could sign him for less than you were going to pay. Uh, they also Buckner signed for. Jimmy Ward as mm-hmm. part of that. So, and then you got a draft pick that you used to replace that guy, and that has largely been a bu- uh, a thought decision. of as a bad decision. So I feel like. Uh, the 49ers making that move four years ago that's fresh in their minds still. And the Niners are not. That was really the only time where a guy they've drafted who turned into a stud that they didn't re-sign. Like, in this era, that's the uh, that's the only one. Uh, because, you know, you have Bosa, you have Kittle, you have Debo, you have all these guys. Now Ayuk is next in line. Uh, Buckner was the one that didn't get the big deal. A guy that you handpicked has been a Niner their whole career. Uh, and then it comes time to pay them, and they decided against it because many reasons. Uh, you want it was Buckner had hired Joel Siegel, who was kind of like the Boris yeah. football agent. And it wasn't a one-for-one deal. It wasn't, you know, he also allowed you to get Jimmy Ward back and all right. of that. I get it, but... The Niners have never been in the business of trading away all-pro talent, and I feel like the last time they did it, it, it bit them in the backside, and, and they don't, do, do not want to have that feeling once again. Yeah. Well, the, the problem is is that great players are, are acquired through draft picks, but people only think of, of – they don't think about the failure rate. In draft picks, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you know, you got Forrest Buckner with a top 10 pick, and you traded him a few years later for a a pick that was also in the middle of the first round. That was okay. But then you took Javon Kinlaw, and Kinlaw hasn't become DeForest Buckner. No. So you had a decent year this year. He had but. a decent year this year, and he's a good dude. But I mean, it's just that, you know, it just, it, it's, it's, you that's why I th- feel like if they move Ayuk, they have to get more than one pick because you don't know if you're going to hit on those picks. And then the question is this: If let's just say the New York Giants were willing to give you the sixth pick in the draft, and you were sitting there now on the clock at six, and the Giants have Brandon Ayuk, okay, what do you do? Do you take Malik Neighbors, a wide receiver, and try to replace the wide receiver you just lost, or do you use that? You know, six pick in the draft to take, you know, Joe Alt or Fashanu or one of these offensive tackles where you have a severe need and usually the tackles go in the first half of the first round. So it's it's going to be, and then, you know, Jerry Rice's kid is in this draft. Uh, Brandon, um, or I should say, uh, Christian McCaffrey's brother, um, the receiver at Rice, is in this draft. You know, there are some receivers that I think the Fortnite would probably like to have that will not be in the first round. Uh, and maybe so, maybe they'll go offensive tackle in the first round and try to get Rice's kid in the third round or something like that. But is Jerry Rice's kid, I like him, and he was good at SC, but he's not Ayuk. You know what I mean? He's, no. He's not Brandon Ayuk. And, and you, it would be really tough to look Brock Purdy in the eye and say, hey, by the way, uh, we want you to be better this year than last year, but we're taking away your number one in-cut, you know, your in-route. You know, he throws a lot of in-breaking routes to Ayuk. Oh, they have such a great chemistry they got a great together. chemistry, yeah. So it's like, he, and then whatever receiver you get, even if you think Malik Neighbors is better than Ayuk, he still hasn't built that chemistry with Purdy, so it's going to take some time. 
It just feels like when you still have Brock Purdy on this team, incredibly team-friendly deal. One more year of that. A, a year from now, you can start negotiating it, right? A year from now, you can. Right. it won't take effect for another year after that, but you can, you can start negotiating it a year from now. Uh, it almost feels like the Niners, they, they just got to get through the next couple of years and give it their best shot, which is why the timing of this potential IU trade could be so frustrating because you still have the Brock Purdy, the friendliest contract in all the sports, like the, the biggest uh, like trump card in all the sports. We've got an all-pro quarterback who's making $800,000 a year, and it allows us to keep all these other players. And then you consider, if you have to make a move like that, trading Ayuk to get off of some money and to keep the team around, then what happens when Purdy comes due for a contract? How does the roster shake out then? I know that's a few years down the road, and you know Kittle's getting up there, and Trent Williams maybe he's retired by then, all of that, and it opens things up. But if they're having this much trouble keeping this talent together now... What happens when Purdy is due $35 million a year or whatever the number ends up being a year from now? Yeah. No, I mean, that's why the, that's where the urgency comes from. You talk about the 49ers have showed all this urgency this year. Yeah, because they know. It's the, coming. The clock is ticking. Yeah. And they've got a deep, loaded roster with a quarterback on a rookie deal, and they're desperately trying to climb that Super Bowl mountain while they have the quarterback on the rookie deal. Even just talking to some of the 49er people, were they committed to Trey Lance? No, they were never really committed to Trey Lance. What they were committed to was a quarterback on the rookie deal. A young, cheap quarterback. Yeah, because yeah. they saw what their ro- they, they they put together, they did a little exercise and they did their roster with a 20 million dollar quarterback when they were considering, you know, picking up Aaron Rodgers or Cousins or any of these other veterans. Brady. And then they yeah, Brady, and then they're putting that next to the roster that they can assemble if they have a quarterback on a rookie deal whether it be Trey, in this case it was Brock, and that that's what they're committed to, you know, and they've got one more year of that. So it makes their decisions this offseason you know, I mean, not that they aren't weren't urgent before, but they're incredibly urgent because if they're going to get this done before Purdy's contract explodes, it's got to happen this year, next year. Which is what made this Super Bowl loss so difficult to swallow. Yeah, because you had everything set up for you, and you you didn't have to face any of these questions until now. And Purdy played well. I mean, yeah. there was a big question going into the Super Bowl. I know, uh, you know, there were lots of people that were concerned. Would the moment be too big for Mister Irrelevant? It was not, and it wasn't. It wasn't, and that was the that was the positive takeaway from Super Bowl Sunday was that is that the Niners know they've got a guy who can operate in that game. Now I know. Skip Bayless is going crazy today, taking Shanahan and uh, and uh, Purdy behind the woodshed and just crapping on all, all of them. But I think that Purdy kind of proved that the moment wasn't too big and that they got the right guy. Now Shanahan's got to fulfill his side of the deal. I thought Shanahan um, made some questionable decisions. I didn't like getting away from the run, so on and so forth. I think we've beaten them up a little too much on taking the ball in overtime. Um, there's a great stat out today from a guy who crunched all the numbers saying that, you know, it's basically the same chances of winning, whether you go first or second. Um, and so maybe that was a little bit overblown as far as all the criticism Shanahan's gotten. But he did, you know, three Super Bowls now. He's fallen and gotten a little pass happy and gotten away from the run. Yeah. And, he, and he did it this year with McCaffrey, who's a, what, MVP of the league almost? 
Yeah, Offensive Player of the Year and yeah. an MVP finalist. Uh, yeah, and he didn't get, I, th- I think, nearly as many touches, specifically runs, as uh, I thought he should in that third quarter alone. Uh, maybe uh, a, a trade of Ayuk. It, it signifies uh, belief in Brock Purdy that, you know, this is a quarterback who can do it without all the elite talent around him offensively. Who knows? It's going to be an interesting offseason. We can get more into that. We also got to talk about the Niners' search for a defensive coordinator. I know Rolando wants to talk about that. Rolando will take your call on the other side. But time for a break. It's Willard and Nibs, Grandy and Larry in for the guys. We're back with more on the other side right here on 95.7 The Game. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. Willard and Dibs continues as Grandy and Kruger. Mark Grandy and Larry Kruger in for Willard and Dibs today on this President's Day Monday on 95.7 The Game. Talking to Warriors, Clay Thompson, and some 49ers stuff here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, we will get back to uh, the 49ers coming up here in just a little bit. Also, I did want to remind you uh, that if you haven't already, make sure to, su- to subscribe to Willard and Dibs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you find Find your favorite podcasts, and while you're there, check out the Morning Roast and Steiny and Guru, the guys live and local, uh, as always, here on 95.7 The Game. You'll be uh, able to catch them again bright and early tomorrow morning at 6 in the morning. We're also uh, presented by Fremont Bank, full-service banking, no compromises, but Larry, both the Niners and the Warriors are entering off-seasons, the Warriors not quite yet, um, where... They're going to have to do some financial gymnastics, it appears. Now, you're just laying out the options for the 49ers. Uh, maybe a trade of Brandon Ayuk. I know you were also talking about um, what it might mean uh, elsewhere. Maybe you got to cut Dre Greenlaw. Maybe you've got to uh, consider moving on from Kyle Juszczyk, whatever the situation is. Um, but the Warriors are also going to be in, in an interesting position. And uh, we just got uh, a little bit of um, of new numbers here that we were looking at. We were having our conversation about the Warriors earlier and the Clay Thompson decision and what Joe Lacob said on the TK show last week about the team's plans for the offseason, uh, maybe depending on how this season changes. Let's, let's revisit what Joe Lacob said, and then we're going to give you a new piece of information uh, that we have, courtesy of our producer, Lucas Alexander, digging into some of the specific numbers for the NBA and the salary cap and the luxury tax threshold and all of that. So let's rehear Joe Lakeup talking about the Warriors' goal for the offseason. This is from the TK show uh, last week. Can you say you were going to be out of the second apron going into the off? You know, going into next season, you will not be. In the second uh, I'll apron. go beyond that. I'll tell you that our, you know, one plan one or one A is actually we'd like to be out of the tax, and we think we have a way to do that. That that kind of is the plan, not not just under the second apron. And that's I'll tell you why that's important because the truth is that we need to be out of the tax two years out of the next four. 
in order or you know, below the tax line in order to get this repeater thing off our books we don't want to be a repeater it's it's just it's just so prohibitive not to say we wouldn't do it if we had to but it you got to look at what the downside is to doing that so that's the plan is to try to do that and we think we can keep our team together and and retain even the players that are we might be able to bring players back at different numbers and so on so that's kind of plan a but there's a plan 1b i guess or probably 1a and 1b is you know we could we could go even further uh, than that and and we could make big changes if we had to if this team you know were to go slide all the way down here and not do well the end of the year you know there's going to be big changes but if yeah but if you know if we do really well we might decide to go the other way so everything's open we have to be flexible i can just tell you that the goal is to not be a lottery team ever the goal is to be competitive the goal is to win and ideally if it's possible to win championships or compete for championships okay so there's warriors owner joe lakeup last week with tim kawakami on the tk show talking about the goal of the offseason to get under or to get out of the luxury tax uh you and i were working off the number of 141 million uh which is the salary cap um, but as we know now, uh, the luxury tax line is at 171 or 172, about 172, so 172 million dollars, which means the Warriors can go about 30 million dollars over the salary cap of 141 and not have it uh, be taxed. So they have an extra 30 million that they can work with before they have to pay tax penalties on that salary. Uh, and 30 million is a nice number, Larry, because that seems um, way more likely that Clay Thompson would be willing to accept something like that. Not that the Warriors are going to offer him 30 million dollars a season, um, but it does give them a lot more room, and they don't need to do nearly as many uh, financial gymnastics to fit that in. Maybe another piece here or there. You could keep Kevon Looney, whatever th- the plan is to spend that extra 30 million. Uh, but we were shortchanging them by 30 million dollars, which, given the situation the Warriors are, and that's a big chunk of money that will go a long way. The numbers I'm looking at say that they're at 208.6 million for total for total spend uh, total team payroll this year which is number 1 in the NBA. Yeah. So they're spending more money this year by over 6 million dollars than any other team and a lot in will, the league. And a lot will come off the books this offseason. You yeah. Chris Paul it's essentially a team option though it's not technically it's just not guaranteed at all. So if you just decide to not bring him back by a certain date, you owe him nothing. Uh, GP2 has a team option for over $9 million, or he has a player option, excuse me, I would imagine he will exercise that. Um, But even if that does happen, Larry, the Warriors, because the salary cap and the luxury tax line are not the same number, they're separated by $30 million, they do have more space than we previously thought, which means Clay maybe does not need to take as drastic of a haircut as we previously talked about, and it gives them a little bit of room to fill out the rest of the roster with maybe some uh, some veteran cheaper pieces. Well, it's it that well, looking at these new numbers, um, it makes it difficult but not impossible. Yeah. the numbers we were looking at made it virtually impossible, virtually impossible to bring Clay back. Yeah, 141. They've already got like 137 tied up, maybe right. even a little bit more, depending on what the decision is about Kevon Looney. Um, and that's assuming that you don't have Chris Paul back, uh, which which you won't. There's a couple of other questions that they need to, or decisions that they need to make. Um, but even if, say, most of those other questions are back, they're relatively small money guys, you're still going to have some room. So it's not as dire 
not as dire as, as we once thought. Well, and anybody who's ever questioned Joe's, um, you know, appetite to spend should not, right? Because, right. I mean, they got the highest payroll in the league. They got an opulent arena that's, you know, they're paying off. Um, you know, he he's a competitor and wants to win badly. You know, uh, the minimum team salary for next year I'm reading here is one twenty hundred twenty seven million, but the luxury tax line, as you said, one hundred seventy two million. The first apron's one seventy nine. So we were thinking maybe they could get under one seventy nine. He's thinking maybe they can get under one seventy two. So that's that. That would be great because that if you could re- hit the reset there, uh, then you get your mid level back, right? You get several of those the penalties of of going beyond uh, the first and second apron. Um, you start to you know lose your ability to sign guys at, for the mid level exception. Yeah, that's always a nice area to improve your team as well. So um, it, it, they're going to be challenged. There's no question. Mike Dunleavy's going to earn his money here, <laughs> um, but it's it, you know it sounds like it's based on these numbers. It's a little bit more doable than what we were projecting. Certainly, yeah, for sure, and. Um It'll be interesting to see how they do plan it out. I know that that Joe Lacob uh, was talking about uh, if maybe the team struggles to close this season, maybe that changes their plans a little bit as well. But if they play like they have over the last couple of weeks, um, I think they're going to want to try to give this thing a go once again next year. And and they're not really in a position to punt on anything. And Joe Lacob is not the kind of guy who will ever punt on anything, uh, which is what you you want out of the owner of of the team that you're a fan of. So uh, Warriors are certainly in good hands, but the, the NBA has made this much more difficult on them than it has been in the past. I mean, Joe Lakeup is talking about uh, the penalties. You want to be under uh, the, the tax, under the luxury tax line, two of the next four years, because then you can get out of the repeater fine, which is an even stronger one, and, and Lakeup has talked a lot about just how difficult it is to field a competitive team. The NBA is really trying to crack down on these massive, massive payrolls, and the war have kind of been the poster child for that because they have an owner who's willing uh, to pay a bunch more money than anybody else is, and now they're making it even more difficult. But they got got a plan for it, it seems. Yeah, I mean, it seems like the league's almost systematically going through and finding any area where Golden State had found an ability to find a player. For example, um, you know, buying second-round picks and things like that of that nature. Um, I always thought those were genius moves. Not because Patrick McCall is special or <laughs> Jordan, Jordan Bell. Bell is a gotta-have-it, but for every guy like that, not every guy, but there, there's always a chance that you can find Gilbert Arenas, or you know Draymond Green, or you know you look at this year's draft, uh, Trace Jackson Davis. I thought that was. One. I mean, if you looked at this year's draft, Golden State got as much help as you could possibly expect they could get after you know out of having what wasn't Pajemski, Pajemski like seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, right around there. Yeah, so you mean you had the eighteenth pick and a fifty seventh pick. 19th pick. Yeah. 19th pick and the 57th pick. And you got two rotation players that um, are better than average, who, who are ready to contribute right now and look like they've got some upside into the future to be regular rotation pieces. I'd have to say they went for two for two. You know, I mean, absolutely. That's an incredible. Yeah. 
I mean, I was sitting there on draft night the day they got, or the night they got uh, Trace Jackson Davis at 57, and I love Trace Jackson Davis, and I thought, oh my God, I can't believe they landed this guy 57th overall. And then he shows up in the summertime, and he looks like a you know three year vet, and he knows how to play. He can rebound. He can block shots. You know he 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 understands the game of basketball. Uh, you can play him actual rotation minutes. Uh, same with Pajemski. So and you just never know. The NBA draft is so speculative now. It's so based on upside um, that you just never know. You could be picking. In the lottery, you could have two picks in the lottery and get two players that aren't ready to play. They wound up with an 18th and a 50 or 19th and a 57th overall pick, and they got two guys who could play. Well, the Warriors have experienced that firsthand. I mean, they picked James Wiseman second overall, right? Maybe he turns into something in the future, but not yet. Done nothing for this franchise, like. Yeah. I mean, the Warriors know it firsthand. You're right. Uh, and when you are in a position like the Warriors are in, when you have so much uh, veteran. You show it's money tied up in your veterans, expensive veterans, deserving, but expensive veterans. You need to find cheap talent somewhere else, and the best way to do that is by hitting on your draft picks, and they did that this past year. I mean, Pajemski might be first-team all-rookie. He legitimate, I mean, he probably should be at this point. Well, and he doesn't play like a rookie, and neither does Jackson Davis. I mean, they just don't no. play like rookies. They don't make rookie mistakes. Um, the moment's not too big. You can see when they get certain nights where they get increased minutes, they look like regular veteran rotation pieces. Then go look at some of the other rookies around the league and see what it looks like when they're in there. And it's just, you know, just it just kind of shows that they. You know, they knew that they needed some guys who can play this system. When you're leaning on Kerr's system, what's it based on? Body movement, ball movement, moving away, moving without the ball. Well, that's a veteran like trait, and that's a veteran like characteristic. It's very rare to find a rookie. Um, who played at any level in any league that understands how to move effectively away from the basketball. So, you know, they found two guys that they could plug right in and um, are pretty natural working off the ball, and so advantage them. And and they're going to need more players like that in next year's draft. And they got an extra pick when they moved Corey Joseph, right? They got a second-round yeah, second pick. pick. Don't have a first-round pick. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, those sec- I mean here's, here's the thing. In this era... The second round pick is more valuable than ever. Why? Because the whole draft has become this big speculative deal anyway, and there's no guarantee the guy you pick in the lottery is going to have more experience than the guy you pick in the middle of the second round. And in many cases, he has he he is upside, but not as much actual on court experience. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what the Warriors do uh, with their second round pick this year. Uh, but they do not have a first round pick. Uh, they certainly hit though on Pajemski and Trace Jackson Davis. All right, you're listening to nine. 90- 7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Twitch and YouTube powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Upgrade your savings dividend. Open a First NorCal first class money market today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 